SEO is kind of black box. And really what we started to do with the podcast was really trying to demystify that because, you know, the Google algorithm is kind of like the Coca-Cola formula. You know, they don't really tell you what it is. And through different kind of testing and options, you, you try to figure out what works and what doesn't following their guidelines. And it's probably one of the most elusive, absolutely, but it's also hands down the most powerful the return on SEO campaigns is, you know, multiple X's of what uh, like a paid campaign could ever do. Hello, and welcome back to the eTribe podcast series. This is Isar Matis, your host. And the person you were listening to is the one and only Matt Bertram. Matt is a phenomenal entrepreneur and is also a digital marketing guru. He has walked the walk and he definitely can talk the talk. In this interview, we cover tools, processes, best practices, and many other aspects of SEO. So if you want to learn what SEO is, some basic tactics, all the way to really advanced tips, this interview would provide a wealth of knowledge that will allow you to establish your website and your content strategy the right way. So let's do this. You're listening to the E-Tribe podcast series, a podcast that inspires people to pursue their passions and become better at what they do. I'm Isar Matis, a serial entrepreneur myself, and I'm sitting down with other members of the E-Tribe, entrepreneurs, e-commerce experts, e-marketers, and other e-people. We come from different industries and different places around the world. Together, we discuss challenges, solutions, lessons learned, and tools which help us be more effective and make an impact in our world. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the E-Tribe podcast series. This is Isar, your host. I have a really fascinating guest today. His uh, name is Matt Bertram, and he is a digital marketing ninja for a long time now. He's been doing everything you can imagine in digital marketing. He is an Amazon bestseller. He's a keynote speaker. He has a digital marketing podcast with more than 480 episodes. Now, I don't know how many of you listen to podcasts or create ones, but for somebody like me who creates a podcast, that's crazy impressive. He's uh, also the chief (laughs) digital officer of eWeb Results which is an agency that provides these kind of services, different kinds of digital services to various companies around the globe. But the focus for us today is maybe the most elusive part of digital marketing, which is SEO. So really Matt's real background, and he'll tell you in a minute, is in SEO. That's what he's been doing for probably the most amount of years. And among other expertise, he's really a guru when it comes to SEO. So Matt, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me here. Yeah, SEO is kind of black box. And really what we started to do with the podcast, The Unknown Secrets of Internet Marketing, was really trying to demystify that, right? Because, you know, the Google algorithm is kind of like the Coca-Cola formula. You know, they don't really tell you what it is. And through different kind of testing and options, you, you try to figure out what works and what doesn't following their guidelines. And, you know, that's it's constantly changing. It's a moving target. It's probably one of the most elusive, absolutely, but it's also hands down the most powerful. The return on SEO campaigns is, 
you know, multiple X's of what uh, like a paid campaign could ever do. Right. So it's extremely important. And I know today you wanted to kind of lay out some of the fundamentals for some entrepreneurs that might be, you know, wanting to do it themselves and how to get started in it. Is that right? Absolutely. I think you already touched on a very important point uh, before I even started asking you anything. So you're already ahead of the game. But when you do social media marketing or Google ads or whatever, you have to keep on feeding the beast because once you stop, it stops. If you build your website correctly for SEO, then the return is is evergreen, right? If that page ranks well on Google, it, it will keep on driving traffic forever. So before we start diving into actual details of SEO, tell us a little bit about yourself, kind of like what brought you to today in your professional career to make you the expert you are today? Well, I think the drive to be an entrepreneur is probably part of it. I have throughout my 20s bought and sold successfully and unsuccessfully a number of different businesses, but uh, definitely learned along the way. And what it all came back to was depending on how good my internet marketing was, depended on how well my company did because leads are the lifeblood of any company. You know, I've been always exposed to this stuff because my mom was like one of the first employees of Microsoft. I was really on LinkedIn as like when it was launching, I had a recruiting business. So I'd always been surrounded by the internet. And what I've found is if people can find you on the first page of Google and you can credibly explain your product or service and people are confident in that through testimonies, reviews, whatever, people will buy your stuff. And if you offer a good product or good customer service, people will continue to buy your stuff. And so really what happened for me is when I'm looking at being entrepreneurial and I'm in a couple different businesses, but all businesses need a component of good digital marketing. And so that kind of bore starting an agency. So I have an agency, but it's really like a value add private equity fund at this point. Right. So, so, I mean, I definitely take on, I take on new clients, but I really look for uh, businesses that haven't leveraged internet marketing and how to maybe get involved in that business and participate. So basically, the internet marketing company funds my own businesses, and then I take on new clients to keep the skill sets in-house sure. in-, in case I don't have a need for them at the time. I take on other work to kind of fill that void. Does that make sense? So, yeah, so really, I mean, really, I'm a internet marketing entrepreneur, I guess. Brilliant. Again, I think what you're saying makes it even more interesting because you're not just doing this, hey, yeah, you know, I serve other people. You're doing this for yourself first and foremost to grow other businesses that are not a digital marketing business, which means you have to be good at it. Otherwise you'll be bankrupt and be doing something else. So, I, you know, <laughs> it puts even more power behind this whole uh, conversation. So let's get started. A lot of people come to me and they say, I, I love your website. I love what you do. How did you do it? How do you structure it correctly? There's so many options out there. And really, I think that's part of the problem, right? So many tools became really cheap, really available. And people are saying, I want to build a website, or I already have a website, but I know that it's crap and I need to build a new one, and I want to build it correctly so it will be structured well for SEO. And there's tools out there, you know, probably the two biggest ones are WordPress and Wix, but you can build on so many other platforms today between, you know, Blogger and Squarespace and, 
even GoDaddy now have their own website development tool. So is there a difference from an SEO infrastructure perspective to use one versus the other? And if yes, which ones do you recommend? Yeah, so that's a tough question. WordPress does have a majority of the market share. It really depends on the CMS that you're using based upon what you're trying to do. So a lot of what these different like Squarespace, um, Wix, all that, they're good storefronts, right? They're digital builders. You can throw something up there and you have a presence online. It's all about what your intent is to do, right? So if all you're doing is e-commerce selling and you're going to run ads to it, like Shopify is fantastic. Shopify though, from an SEO standpoint, is not great, right? So what I've seen and serviced a number of clients uh, that have e-commerce stores is we have to have a, a, a WordPress website and then we have to have a Shopify site. So one generates the traffic, one converts the traffic, right? So it's all about the tool and what the intent is to do. In my opinion, and again, it's just my opinion, the Wix, the Squarespace, all the visual builders like that are kind of like training wheels for a website, right? And then okay. WordPress covers uh, the the widest swath and it has the largest market share. And there's there's a whole ecosystem that you can build on. And it's very flexible and a lot of people know it. So the the question comes back to what's the scope of work? What are the use cases and then that determines what you should use. If it was me, I would start out with WordPress out the gate because like Wix or Squarespace will only get you so far. Now they've added a, a bunch of different components to it. Also for me, e-commerce wise, like I've run a lot of different Shopify stores, but building the WordPress to drive the SEO and bolt it on like a WooCommerce is, is again, just for me, my preferred way of going about it. And then based on my team, they all have experience in WordPress, right? So we're really a WordPress shop. I don't know if that really answered your question. Just no, it does. I, I love your answer. We're both aligned, right? When people ask me, I tell them basically what you told them. Listen, WordPress has the biggest amount of things it already connects to. It always will because the sheer size of the amount of users it has on it will always drive anything to be connected to it. Let's look really into the WordPress world and say, if I want to do well with SEO content on WordPress, what do you suggest the setup would be? Okay, so I'm going to go into something here for you just really shortly that I don't talk about a lot, but it's super, super important because you're talking about the structure. So when you talk about the structure of the website, it's what talks to Google and it's how you're structuring the data engineers built it. So you have to organize your information in, in the right way. What most websites do is they build the, the, the facade or the front of the house and they don't worry about the pipes and the electrical and everything internally. So Google doesn't know what's going on. Okay. And so like you want to have like a custom post type for blogs for products, for these different categories. And so the tree of the website, Google understands what this information is. And then, you know, you're cross-linking stuff to show like importance. But when you're setting that up, 
you know, there's a couple different themes. If you want to use visual builders, any visual builder know that it will slow down your website. Every plugin will slow down your website. So you want it to be optimized fast because that's a component of SEO. So really having it on the right platform, like the $7 GoDaddy account, if you're making like $10,000 a month, like, Hey, come on, invest in your infrastructure a little bit more. Right? So you want the website to be fast. I recommend being on the cloud, WordPress on the back end. Like, you know, there's, there's so many different plugins that you can use, like, but you want to optimize those images. So there's like smush and there's all, all these different tools that you can use like Yoast. Yoast is probably a pretty common one. What Yoast does is it basically tells you based on the word you're trying to optimize for how good based on best practices your titles or tags should be, right? So a lot of what we're talking about with setup is all on the back end is the technical SEO, the structure of the website, the framework, the theme. Like if you're using different themes, you got to understand who coded that theme. Did they code it good? Did they code it bad? Like, so there's just so much you got to go into and there's thousands and thousands of options. So I I want to stop you for a second because really I think the critical (laughs) thing here, no, no, it's great. I love what you're saying. I just want to make it very specific. So I think a lot of the people that are asking me and I'm sure asking you, they already know that there's too many options. If I had to tell you, Matt, I want your guys to build me a website on WordPress that will be structured correctly. What theme would you use or one of three, I don't know, that you use that are fast, that are built well for SEO, which things you would put in your header to make the structure correctly, which breadcrumbs tools do you use or you do this manually? Like, give me a shopping list that I can put later on in the notes that people say, oh, this is easy. Now I pick one, two, three, and I'm done. So Elementor is pretty good as far as a visual builder on the back end. I like Divi. Divi's pretty pr- built pretty well and visual and, and, and SEO. You know, there's a bakery. WP Bakery is pretty good. Um, these are all visual builders. And then, you know, everybody typically uses Yoast. You want to put the, the pixels on there, the tracking pixels, like the Google Analytics, Facebook pixel, anything you're going to do remarketing with. Depending on what you're trying to do, right? If you're compressing images, if you're not compressing them beforehand, if you're doing some geolocated stuff, like again, it's all, it goes back, unfortunately, to what's the scope of work and what are the use cases that you need, but the fewer, the better. Like a lot of people will go in and like download a ton of them and, and you really, you really don't want to do that. I think that one of the, the SEO tips I can give you that's actionable is a lot of people when they're setting up the titles, right? You want to go H1, H2, H3, H4, H5. You want to use the keyword you're trying to rank for, but also think about how Google thinks about the words on a page like you would when you're reading something. The first paragraph is more important than the last or or the middle for sure. Maybe the last is important too, but the, the first. And then what sentence is most important out of that paragraph, it's the first sentence. What words are the most important out of those words? The first couple words. So typically when I'm doing headers and and like H1s and H2s and all that, I typically want to get the words I'm trying to rank for, organizing the sentence where in the first five words is the words I want to rank for. But a lot of people start with, we're the best company in Houston, blah, 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 or they use their name right? You're already going to rank for your name. Why not say whatever you're selling? If you're like an electrician or a plumber, you're like best plumber Houston, 
and then the name of your company and then whatever you want to say in their services, but organize the data to where you're putting the most important stuff that you want to share first. And then also understand that that meta description is what people are going to read. And also Google takes that into consideration. And so I like to come up with meta descriptions. I like to run ads and AdWords, figure out like AV test, what converts the best, and then go back and use that for SEO because the, the algorithm, if it's not the same, it's very similar, you know? Brilliant. So those are some actionable steps that you might want to consider, but it's about being thoughtful about what you're doing and organizing the data in a way that Google understands what you're trying to do. Like internal links, that's the last thing I'll kind of share from a technical standpoint. The internal links, they're like votes, right? So on your website, what what page has most links point to it? It's the homepage. What page carries typically the most weight, the homepage, right? What other pages on your website are important? Is it your portfolio? Is it your services? Is it the contact us? Is it one of your blogs that has more links than something else? The link structure is going to tell Google what you think is more important. And then it's going to decide for itself based on the content, if it is, and also external links and that sort of thing. So it's it's kind of complex, but but it's all about serving the user, whatever's best for the the person that's going to be reading your content, do that and you'll never typically go wrong. Perfect. You started talking about specific tools and that will be a great segue to my next question. So there's a million different tools out there, right? You mentioned Yoast SEO, which is great, but there are a lot of other tools. And I want to kind of, before we start diving into the tools themselves, I want to connect them to a process. So if you want to start creating content, what is your process, your team, right? They're creating a new blog post. What is the first thing they do? What tools do they use for that? Second thing they do, tools they use for that. Third thing they do, tools they use for that until, the, until it's ready to hit publish, basically. The two main sources that we use for content are Google Trends based on like whatever key we're going after, looking for long tail key phrases. SEM Rush, we use a lot. That's really more on-page keyword ranking. They got this keyword magic tool that you can find out, but they have a whole content section and that works quite well. Uber Suggest, which I think still is free. Neil Patel bought yep. it and he's going to monetize it. I love Uber Suggest. Like anybody that can't spend the money on SEM Rush, Uber Suggest, number one tool. I don't like using... Google Keyword Planner because it only shows you the paid words. It doesn't show you words that are not in the bid auction, right? So you don't get a so full perspective. I, I want to stop you for uh, one second because you you mentioned so many great tools, and I want to tell everybody everything will be in the notes of this article. Mm-hmm. Every tool that Matt mentioned is are tools that I'm using, so that makes me feel really great about myself. But <laughs> to put things in perspective, SEM Rush, which is one of the two probably leading uh, SEO tools out there, one is called Ahrefs, the other is SEM Rush, are about $100 a month. So they don't come cheap. They're fantastic tools. But Uber Suggest is a tool that gives you 70% of the benefits of the paid tools, and it's 100% free. Definitely check it out. And again, I, I'm going to have a link in the notes. Yeah. So here, here's how I would break it up to, to kind of answer your question. I, I group things into technical, on-page, off-page, right? Those Perfect. are buckets. And then content creation could fall under on-page, but it could also be like a subcategory. Technical, I like using Screaming Frog. And then there's a free ex- Chrome extension plugin called SEO Quake. 
and SEO Quake does like a quick audit. There's a bunch of really great Chrome extensions if you're like searching like SEO tools that do different things. Like if you're looking for broken links, if you're looking for load time, if it has a pixel on that, if it's doing remarketing, like whatever you want to do, the Chrome extension plugins have everything that you would need. You don't have to pay money. You know, if you're doing on-page, SEM Rush, I, I love SEM Rush for content creation, keyword ranking. And then if you break it into off-page, I've been predominantly using Ahrefs to, you know, uh, do do link research, figure out like link profile, that sort of thing. So th- those are the primary tools I use. I've used a lot of different tools and there's some great stuff out there that's cheaper. The reason I'm using tools is those are the tools that everybody else is using to look at. If you're doing your own thing, there's a lot of really great tools out there, but it's like, why am I using WordPress when there's some other really cool stuff out there? It's because that's what everybody else is using. And if you're working with everybody else or you're talking with other people and you're kind of sharing information you want to be having some kind of commonality of a, a knowledge base to talk from. So if I'm saying, Hey, keyword difficulty in SEM rush is above 60 or below 60, it's easy to rank for it. You know what I'm talking about, right? So sure. we can have yeah. that conversation or speak that language, but, but man, I would just say go crazy on SEO tools with the Chrome extensions. And I would encourage you to find ones you like and, and and use what's working for you. Perfect. Let's talk a little bit about the the process, right? So you want to write an article, you want to write a post. What are the steps that you do from the moment you decide to the moment you hit publish? Okay, I won't give you like all the steps that we do, but okay. I'll give you how you do it really, really quickly and efficiently with very little tools, okay? Perfect. You type in like one of these tools to see if there's enough volume right? (laughs) Like if there's not enough volume, there's a lot of business owners out there that think that a certain keyword has a lot of volume and it doesn't, and they're missing the opportunity. So it's identifying the campaign for SEO of the keyword that you want to rank for. And then you know that content drives it. So you got to have the keyword to know what topics you want to create, right? So you type that keyword in Google, you see what comes up, you see what kind of articles are being written. You look at the bottom, you look at the auto suggest, you find like maybe a long tail key phrase in that. You can then take some of those, go put those in some of these tools and it will spit out some topics. But what I like to do is start with longer tail key phrases. Then I say, all right, for this keyword, what does Google think that this content needs to be about or what's helpful to the user? I go look at what other people are doing. Like if you're writing about like, what's a topic that you're interested in? Just get throw out a topic. How to generate leads to a brick and mortar business. Okay. So one is how to, Google really likes how to formats. They like numbered lists. They like, so it's how you structure your content, but to a brick and mortar business. So everybody's written about that topic potentially. So what you need to do is write something original because Google will credit you. Google's trying to index the entire world and all knowledge. Okay. So if you're writing about a topic that's been written about a hundred thousand times, you got to write something that's better than all that stuff, because that's why it's on the first page and Google likes it and people like it. It's kind of like an incumbent. So you got to write something new or different or something that is going to be unique is the key, like unique content. So it's looking what everybody else is doing and taking your own angle on it 
or like what people have done. They'll write a super long article. It's called like skyscraping. I call it like authority content. That's where there's like the ultimate list, 120, you know, 100 and something way. Like it's people are just going longer, longer, longer. I'm seeing like video content is doing really well. But like if you're writing a topic, like figure out who you're trying to speak to and create content, video, text, visual content that's going to speak to that person and answer their question the absolute best and be really specific. Like I treat the Google algorithm kind of like it's like a soft drink, you know, like, so you go get one soft drink. It wants to know you're drinking Sprite, but if you go do a suicide, you know, you're like Sprite, Coke, Dr. Pepper, like lemonade, whatever, like Google doesn't know what you're talking about. So it'd be really, really focused on one topic and one keyword phrase. And as you write that topic, start to build out content in that particular area. And then you're starting to be viewed as a subject matter authority. You start linking that stuff together and then it boosts everything you do in that area. Like I started writing stuff about geofencing. I was like one of the first people to, to write about geofencing. We got some articles that rank quite well that I've never done anything with. We did Bitcoin marketing. Now people have like really piled on and done stuff there. But when that started happening, like the IPOs are coming out, we jumped on that and we're at the top. It's all kind of a strategy thing to try to figure out what's out there and how do you position yourself in that space and then what you're trying to communicate. There's not really tips and tricks. It's more overall, what are you generally trying to do? Because this algorithm's getting smarter, you know? So there's not, sure. there's not a way to trip it. It's just following their guidelines, doing stuff the right way is really what I do. There's some people out there that are doing something called black hat SEO, where they have like a software that generates like a, a huge website, or they're doing stuff where they're stuffing keywords uh, in images or in same color yeah. text, all that stuff used to work, does not really work. And if it is working, Google's finding ways to catch you and you're playing a cat sure. and mouse game and you're going to get hit. I just, yeah. I know I just really do stuff the right way because the power of SEO is not getting you ranking really, really quickly. That's the power of ads. The power of SEO is when you stop spending money and you stop investing in it, you're kind of like a glider that you're going to continue to cruise. And that's where your profit is. So you're paying for an upfront cost to, to get it there. But then when you stop spending, you can ride that wave and that's where your ROI comes in. And that's where these really high multiples on ROIs come in. And if you do SEO the right way, it will stick. If you do it the wrong way, it's just like running ads. You said a few very interesting things and I want to kind of piggyback on some of them, kind of like on a speedy dating scenario, okay, right? Sure. I got like five or six questions. I'll ask you, give a quick answer. We'll move to the next one. And I think we can kind of deep dive a little bit on some of the things you said. You said, pick one keyword. So a lot of people ask me is when you write an article, should you write to one keyword? Should you write to a few that are related to one another? And the same thing with overall content. Should you try to address as many people as you can? So I'll give you an example just to make it specific. One example is how to build a website. This will be pretty generic. And the other one would be how to build an e-commerce website to sell vegan pre-packaged food. Would you focus on the first one? And then there's like a million articles you can write because it's a pretty broad topic. Or would you focus on the second one, which will potentially make you an expert, but then you have a really, really small, narrow audience that will care about it. 
there's riches in the niches, as Dan Kennedy would say, okay? Become a subject matter expert in one niche and then keep stacking the niches. Work from a subcategory to a general broad topic. I like to use like Wikipedia or something that are good at organizing information, but focus on one subcategory first. Now, when you say first is how long, how many articles? Like, let's make it specific. Three. So three articles on one topic, move to something else. Three articles on the other topic, move to something else. Yeah, I mean, like you can grow it as big as you can get, but but three is consistency and you're linking those together and then you might link to a broader topic. I'm not saying that you want to repetitively use that keyword over and over and over again in that same combination. It needs to... It needs to be natural, right? Sure. But if you want to use it in the title and the subtitle and the first paragraph and the first sentence and a few other times, like just don't overdo it. Don't write for one keyword, write for one topic and write for one target audience. Because if you're speaking to everybody, you're speaking to nobody, you know? Got it. So one topic, one target audience. Again, when you think about SEO, it's all about what is the conceptual strategy of what you're doing. And if you do that, the tactics don't matter as much as long as you're following the rules. Got it. Perfect. I love it. It's brilliant. And I'm, I'm learning a lot as well. I'm going to ask you a very tactical question because I, I have a personal vested okay. interest in this particular question. And you said you use SEMrush as well. So SEMrush has a content creation tool which gives you relevant articles and which keywords they use and so on. And you can put in to kind of ignite that, right? You put in a few keywords in to say, go and find articles. How many do you put in? Do you put one? Do you put 10? Do you put 20? Do you put five? You start with one, do the, and then get those topics. And then you put a couple in and you get those topics. And then maybe you put like one, three, five, like you, what, what you're doing with these tools is you're cutting up the data different ways to try to glean some kind of insider knowledge, right? Okay. And so that's why I'm using different tools. There's also other tools I didn't mention that I use because everybody has their own perspective on it because no one knows what the Google algorithm is. If everybody sure. knew, they would just do that, right? And so it's a little bit of a trial and error kind of game. And once you have more knowledge, you kind of know how it's going to interact. And you use these tools to kind of slice the data different ways to glean what you can. And, and you're trying to triangulate what you should do. So I wouldn't look at anything like 2D and say, hey, I typed this in, this is what it said, do, do it. I would say, do it there, change it up, put an S on the keyword, right? Try it in a different tool, see what the different tool says and try yeah. to get kind of what's the consensus of what you think you should do and then do that, test it, see how it does and then make adjustments from there and iterate on that process. Perfect, I love it. So next question, are there better ways than others from an SEO perspective to distribute your content? You can put it on social media, you can put it on Medium, you can copy and paste it into LinkedIn blogging. What are yeah. better ways to distribute your content from an SEO perspective? All right. So we'll use this podcast as an example. Okay. Cool. So we, we created this podcast. I know you and I are looking at each other and we're, we're, we see video, but everybody else is just listening to us, right? So yes. we're actually not taking advantage of the video platform, right? Sure. So we're, we're only doing the audio platform, but you got, so we record this. So if we got video, 
then we got audio, right? And then we transcribe it. And then we take the transcription, we make articles, and then sure. we chop those articles into smaller pieces and post them on social media. And then we yeah. and we post those with you know, thumbnail snapshots of us talking. It's all about repurposing content where it's not the same content. So if you go on LinkedIn and you post a brand new article on LinkedIn, I wouldn't necessarily do that. I would write the article, post it on your website so your website gets credit, then write a synops like a synopsis of that article as like a teaser article, right? Like a shorter summary article or abstract, and then put a link to your article on there. So the ultimate goal is to drive people to your website, right? Because that's property you own. So the social media posts are like a, a snippet. That's what Twitter is for. Like, and also on the different platforms, people are utilizing those different platforms for different reasons, right? So you got you to gotta tailor that content to, to them. So YouTube content's different than Facebook content, but the content just has to be sliced that way to speak to that audience, right? And so like I like taking one piece of content and figuring out, can I repurpose it? Also, like I'll take a blog and then I'll have it made into a slide deck, right? And then sure. I'll post it on SlideShare. So like I'll take like one blog and then do a podcast on that blog chop that up into videos, distribute on social media platforms, put little captions of like what I said with pictures there, do summaries here. The caveat to that is agile and medium because you brought those up and maybe blogger, but really medium and agile. Their goal is what Google's goal is to index unique content across the web and build this kind of huge database. So posting stuff on there might be a different strategy uh, to get kind of powerful links back to you in a guest post format. So it's kind of your own kind of guest network, right? As opposed to emailing a webmaster on some other site. So again, it's all about what you're trying to do. But but I think the key goal is to drive everything back to your website. Know that all content, if you just copy and paste, it's going to be duplicate content. And sure. so you want your website to get credit first. And then you got to figure out kind of sales funnel way to, to get those people to come back to you, to get them to do what you want. It's really, it goes back to something called customer journey. We do workshops with clients before we get started to understand their, their online business and what they're trying to achieve. And it's like, unless we have the roadmap of who we're going after your target personas, and then the buyer's journey, why would we go through the process of even building content or building digital assets if we don't know what they're for, right? So really, I think a lot of people are focused on tactics, tactics, tactics. Let me do this. Let me do that. And I think you got to take a step back and go, why am I doing this? How do I structure this thing? And what is what I'm doing as a tactic part of a broader strategy? I say measure twice, cut once is kind of like a term I heard somewhere. I don't know who gets credit for that, but but I like it. So I spend a lot more time on the front end. Like I, I'll give you one quick example. Maybe uh, other uh, people can uh, identify with this. I used to buy a, a bunch of furniture from, uh, what's it called? Ah, oh, uh, names are running where you put it all together. You know, what is it Ikea. called? Ikea, right? Yeah. Ikea. Have you ever built Ikea furniture? Have you ever I built have. Ikea I furniture? Have, I have three kids. Trust me, I've built Ikea anything that you can imagine I've built. <laughs> 
So, so have you built Ikea furniture without the instructions and you built it no. wrong and then you had to go back no. and redo it? Never? Yeah. <laughs> well, yes. I, to, well, okay. <laughs> to be fair, I have a fair share of a few of those. So I learned from that, right? I've learned from that. And I hate when I do that. I get frustrated if I'm like building it and I'm like, whatever in. And then I got to like take the whole thing apart to rebuild it because I didn't read the instructions. So I've started to force myself to read the freaking instructions before I do it. And, and that's basically what I'm saying is what is your blueprint? What are your instructions to build this website or to build this content or to build a sales funnel or to sell a customer on something? What's the business model? If you don't know where you're going, you know, you're not going to end up there. Like you got to know where you're going and then you sure. ought to be like moving in that direction. I, I know that that's a, a long-winded point, but I think it's super, super important that I, a no, lot listen, of people- I, I agree with you. And I do the same thing with a lot of people. I mentor a few businesses and I invest in a few businesses. And a lot of it is more or less like you, the same mindset. I can provide you value, but if you want me to provide value, I become a part of the business. I don't lose this as consulting. If I find your business interesting, I'm willing to do that. If I don't, then I- then I don't want to waste your time and I don't want you to, to waste mine. And I'm just like you. Who is your real audience? Who is your real customer? Where are they? How do you get to them? What are they looking for? And so, yeah, we're on the same page. I want to ask one last question before sure. I let you share some of your resources that you have. But you touched a few points and it's really something that's very dear to my heart. How do you measure SEO? You said it, You said... Do something, see how it works, go back and fix it. How do you see how it works? Which tools are you using? What are you looking for? And then how do you know what to fix? Google Analytics or even SEMrush will give you kind of the full domain. Google Analytics, we actually set up like a Google Data Studio. I actually really like Google Data Studio. I'd encourage you to check it out. You can see what pages are ranking, right? So like we've been writing for some clients, some COVID stuff. And like for an ER, that, that's the top performing page now. It's getting like 30% of all their traffic. It's situational though, right? And they wrote that article before everyone else. So they were kind of one of the first that gets that authority. So a lot of that depends. I like to run SEO campaigns on three-month basis because sometimes you get sandboxed. You do get sandboxed. I, I do believe there is a Google sandbox. There's one in Maps and there's one in Google and it's about you know, 90 something days, you know, it yeah. could be 90 to 120 days. It just depends how frequently you're publishing content. There's so many different factors to know if it's going to show up quickly or not the domain authority of your website, but rule of thumb, give it a month and make sure you're submitting it. Make sure you're going and getting, asking Google to index it. So it'll get indexed faster. That's why like putting a link to it on YouTube or um, uh, some of these other sites that get spidered faster, you'll, you'll rank a little bit quicker there, but Google Analytics is going to tell you where people are going and what to look for. And then SEM Rush is kind of that forward indicator, like I said. I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't go beyond that, would you? Or what would you do? No, I agree. I, I think it's important for people to understand it's not immediate, right? You you put something out there, it could be a while before you see the results. And people are saying, Oh, but I wrote five articles and nothing happened. I'm like, Yeah, but you oh, wrote yeah. them in the last you wrote them in the last four weeks. So you may not see anything yet. A- SEO is an investment. Writing yes. content is an investment. 
And like, how many times do you buy a stock or buy a mutual fund and you expect it to double in the next month? Man, like I look at SEO typically on six month or year campaigns, really. And then I break it down into three month cycles and then month cycles. But I don't really look at much of anything on a weekly basis when it comes to SEO, because the thing is until Google indexes the blog, it's not going to show up. So you got to wait for that next cycle. And that next cycle could be four to 14 days, right? And you don't know where you fell in that cycle. So if you're doing it on a monthly basis, you know, just make sure you're doing the right thing, producing the right content, getting it out there. If you want to get people to see it, run some ads to it, right? Run a Facebook ad to it, run some Google AdWords to it if you want to get people to see it. And also that will get Google to have people interact with it, give Google more data to make a better decision on how to rank it faster. So that is a way to get more eyeballs to it quicker, or you get it out there on a platform like LinkedIn and that sort of thing, or social media, more people see it. There's so much information created every day. Don't think you build it and it will come. That's just not the world we live in. Perfect. Matt, how do people find your stuff? Like if people want to learn more from you, where do they find you? Which websites, blog, podcast, YouTube channel? Bestseopodcast.com bestseopodcast.com is kind of the resource library that we're building out right now. We have pivoted to, because with COVID, a lot of existing clients have kind of paused services. So I've been kind of growing my own businesses, which I like. And then we've been building out like a content library and we're offering some masterminds and info products. And, you know, I have some books and stuff like that, but best SEO podcast is a great resource. You can get all the Uh, podcast there. It's actually built as a PWA, a progressive web app. So you can download the podcast on your phone directly, which is pretty cool. You know, that's also syndicated out there. I'm in the process too. I took the time during COVID to rebrand our company. So we started off as eWebResults.com. We're rebranding that EWR. So eWebResultsDigital.com. Those are kind of our my, our two main properties. EWR is uh, Newark, uh, right? The Newark Airport is EWR. Don't you gonna get? So so we talked about <laughs> that on the podcast. I once we once we launch that website, which will be in the next month, I'm gonna outrank the airport for EWR. <laughs> like like so so I'm gonna be getting all this like horrible traffic. I think to my website, Google's not gonna know what to do with. But yeah, we're gonna do that EWR, and then yeah, that's, that's gonna be fun. I I I enjoy, I enjoy SEO because. It doesn't happen instantaneously, but you get fulfillment of when you do something. Sure. Like results come, you know, and it's a nice craving that you you do something and then you see the result of it. And then like you see that impact and you can build on it. It's quite fun. It's quite fun. I really enjoy it. How do people find you personally? LinkedIn, Facebook, email? What's the best way to find you? LinkedIn, Facebook, I try to keep a little bit personal, you know what I mean? But LinkedIn is the business kind of platform. Matt Bertram Live. This is my last tip to you. Back in 2012, I should have bought my own name as a domain. And then I should have set up all my handles for that. And like, (laughs) you know, there's a couple of different services that do that. And there's other people out there that have the name Matt Bertram. And one's an actor, one's a cop, one's a hedge fund manager. And people get us confused because we're kind of, because I do some mentoring and do some of that. <laughs> you need to read my book, actually. That's what I would encourage yes. everybody to do. Read my book, buildyourbrandmania.com, buildyourbrand, 
that is basically, if you're getting into internet marketing, I try to not use technical words and go too deep. That's what really the podcast is for or one-on-one coaching or, you know, like workshops and all that or services, but really the entry, read the book. I lay out why email automation is important. I talk about ads. I talk about SEO. I talk about PR. I talk about all these things, but I talk about it in a very general format. And if you read the book, you get really good case studies and examples of how this internet marketing world works and what the different kind of subcategories of digital marketing or internet marketing are. And then if you find something of interest, you can go into that more. And then, so that's like the progression I would say is the book, the podcast, and then the agency. Matt, this was phenomenal. <laughs> like I learned a lot. I'm sure that other people that are curious at least about SEO and trying to understand the beast have learned a lot more. You know, I've been doing this for a while, so I, I have my background knowledge. Thank you so much. This was really, really great. Awesome. Enjoyed it. Thank you for having me. Wow. So much amazing information in such a short period of time. I really enjoyed this conversation with Matt. He has such a wealth of knowledge and he's so passionate about what he does. It's just incredible. If you're new to the E-Tribe or if you've missed a few of the recent episodes, I highly recommend that you check out another episode that is marketing related that is called Free Website Traffic, How to Get Started and Scale with the one and only Alex Sanfilippo. Also, if you're looking for more great tools like the one mentioned in this episode, but you're not necessarily concentrating on SEO tools, I strongly suggest you check out the top 15 free productivity apps and tools and tips for 2020, which is another episode we have in the podcast. Since it includes a long list of tools and a lot of details in it, you can just check out the list on the website at theetribe.com forward slash tools. Again, if you're new to the eTribe podcast series, I would love it if you hit subscribe on your podcast platform. And if you've been around for a while, please share this with your friends and please give us a nice review on Apple Podcast or whatever podcasting platform you're listening on. It will take you a few seconds and it means the world to me. And until next time, have a great week. Hey, Tribers, I hope you enjoy this great interview. If you have, please share this with your friends and your colleagues. If you would like access to similar content or you would like to get the notes and the resources mentioned in this interview, please visit us at theetribe.com, where you can find other great interviews like this one, as well as many resources and tools which can help you grow or start your business. We would love it if you would join the eTribe, either as a member or as a contributor. You can do that on the website as well. I hope you would listen to us next time. And until then, have a great day.